This is GKW. Welcome to another edition of Good Karma Wrestling. Gabe Nigel from ESPN Milwaukee with me as always from ESPN West Palm, Brian Rowitz, and catch him on ESPN 1000 in Chicago, Jonathan Hood. Now, we are going to... We're going to get to the fun stuff. And look, much like Michael Cole, Royal Rumble, it's my favorite event. Rowitz is going to the Royal Rumble. We'll certainly get to that. But big WWE news today. It's been a big WWE news week. But everything coming out today, obviously, pretty heavy. And and we like to try to have keep things lighthearted, keep things fun. Um, obviously, that's not what this is, as Vince McMahon um, in a lawsuit and then a uh, lawsuit being reported on by the Wall Street Journal um, being accused of sex trafficking and um, quite a bit more. Um, and uh, stay with us. Just kind of bear with us. I'm going to read quite a bit from this Wall Street Journal article just so we can set the proper context of what exactly Vince McMahon is being accused of in this new lawsuit by a former employee, uh, Janelle Grant. Um, so she began working in Janelle Grant began working for WWE in June of 2019. She was an administrator coordinator, which was a position that McMahon created for her within the WWE legal department. Um, she felt expressed the uh, concerns that the job was unearned. Um, but McMahon told her all she needed to do was not tell anyone and quote, just, it just has to look legit. Um, she didn't have a ton of work. Um, so McMahon at that point then was allegedly sending her sexually explicit messages and sexual demands uh, that he had for her increased. Uh, he forcefully used sex toys on her, including dildos that he had named after WWE wrestlers, causing her bruising, bleeding, according to this lawsuit. Um, Grant alleged she complained to McMahon and made attempts to end this relationship. Obviously, it did not because it then continued. So it goes from that and, and the sex trafficking part um, comes where uh, he began, um, you know, sharing um, nude photos, explicit videos of her without her consent to other WWE employees, including former WWE head of talent relations, John Laurinaitis. Um, so McMahon, according to this lawsuit, and this again from the Wall Street Journal, uh, McMahon recruited people to have sex with Grant as well, including WWE's former head of talent relations, John Laurinaitis, who is also named as a defendant in this suit. McMahon directed her to visit Laurinaitis at his hotel rooms where she had sex with Laurinaitis prior to the start of work days, the suit alleged. McMahon controlled her profession professional and personal lives and subject uh, subjected her to denigration according to the suit in June 2021 an encounter took inside at that an encounter inside the WWE office the suit said that McMahon and Laurenitis forced themselves on her and took terms restraining her for the other while saying no means yes and take it insert your expletive there um, where then this continues to turn and then the sexual um the sex trafficking parts in July, 2021, the suit says that McMahon instructed Grant to create a personalized sexual content for a WWE superstar that he was trying to resign. The suit does not name the professional wrestler, but described him as both a UFC fighter and WWE talent. People familiar with the matter identified the wrestler as Brock Lesnar, who is one of WWE's biggest names. Again, that's directly quoted from the Wisconsin, the, the um, wall street journal article. The suit said that McMahon shared explicit photos with the star and Informed Grant that, quote, he likes what he sees. After the star agreed to a new WWE contract, McMahon texted Grant in August 2021 to say, quote, that part of the deal was bleeping you. That December, McMahon gave, uh, gave Grant's personal cell phone number to the WWE star, the lawsuit said. The wrestler asked her to send a video of herself urinating, the suit, uh, suit said, and after she did, he called her a, 
again, another expletive. Uh, that same month, the suit said the star expressed a desire to, quote, set a play date, but a snowstorm disrupted travel plans. In January 2022, the suit said McMahon told Grant that his wife, Linda McMahon, had discovered the relationship and he pressured Grant to sign an NDA in exchange for payments. The CEO warned Grant of reputation ruin that included pornographic content that he had uh, of her. He paid her about $1 million in February, the suit said, and then later stopped making the payments. So uh, again, um, there there was an allegation of a $3 million hush money payment here that he allegedly only paid $1 million of. And a part of this lawsuit, um, she is saying, hey, that NDA should be considered null, void. None of that should be factored into what this is. Um, Grant alleged that the company diverted attention away from McMahon's abuse by focusing uh, on the accounting for the payouts. Again, this was a big internalized investigation that they had um, a couple of summers ago in the summer of 2022 when the board of directors decided they were going to look into all these hush payments that we discussed and covered here, uh, and then eventually led to Vince McMahon resigning from WWE. Uh, others at WWE knew about McMahon's misconduct, but worked to conceal the wrongdoing. That is according to the suit. TKO, of course, now the parent company of this whole thing, issued a statement uh, about the entire ordeal saying, quote, Mr. McMahon does not control TKO, nor does he oversee the day-to-day operations of WWE. While this matter predates our TKO executives team's Tenure at the company, we take Miss Grant's horrific allegations very seriously and are addressing this matter internally. Now, that is true. Vince McMahon does not control day-to-day operations of WWE. However, he is the chairman of the TKO board. Like that is his official title within TKO. So again, I know that's a lot of information that we just threw out there. It took me about you know five, six minutes just to kind of go through there. But the this is and I don't want to downplay everything else that has gone on with with Vince McMahon previously, because all of that is horrific. This is now taking it to another level where I I honestly do not know what happens within WWE because all of these allegations are horrifying. There uh, also were some text messages that we will not read on the air. Uh, a lot of them have been retweeted at GKW underscore wrestling. For those of you that missed it, it is on our social media. So you can read for yourself the alleged text messages that were sent by Vince McMahon. Um, guys, this is a very difficult time to be a WWE fan. And at this time, my advice would be, and I've always said this, to be a fan of the talent. The men and women that work hard in the ring to entertain us. Because behind the scenes, whether it's alleged, whether it's true, whether it's not true, the point is, though, is that where there's smoke, there's fire. There's been way too many of these stories that have been out there that we have covered here on GKW and everywhere else that tells you that Vince McMahon was acting out his personal fetishes and fantasies on the screen for our entertainment. Because we continue to see over the last, what, six hours, people pulling up clips uh, going back to when Mr. McMahon became a character and a womanizer and all these other things. And it's weird. It's just, it's it's weird and it's disgusting and it's eerie how some of the things that we've read about just from the Wall Street Journal kind of relate to some of those clips that he had on those vignettes or those sketches that he'd have with female talent in the WWE. Um, I guess what comes to mind after reading the Wall Street Journal today is 
who else knew about this and who else is involved with this and who else is going to be taken down because of this? Vince McMahon has no power. He has no power. This is all we talked about the setup from Ari Emanuel and TKO. They just want to set up this deal so that way they had money coming in. But Vince has no teeth in the company. I like to know about Triple H and Stephanie and Shane and Linda McMahon even further and others that were close with Vince McMahon to find out what they knew about this was did they know allegedly that a woman was being raped in the offices of Stanford, Connecticut? Were they, were they aware of this? My whole thing is, is that we can look at it and look at how much we enjoy the wrestling, but behind the scenes, there's just way too much of these stories about Vince McMahon um, that's going on for this company. And I don't know how they come out from this broads. You will be at the Royal rumble. I will be fascinated to find out whether or not Triple H has a press conference to answer any of this. They can't, right? Like Gabe and I were talking about before, there's no way they can no. put themselves in front of the media on Saturday. No, because, I mean, think about in this, at, at, at the last AEW pay-per-view at World's End, there were some rumors and a couple of social media posts about Chris Jericho. Yep. And nothing really specific, just kind of some, you know, some some – allegations that were out there about maybe he, you know, um, you know, there was some sexual harassment going on behind the scenes. So, and those were secondhand allegations, by the way, like not Jericho, but that wasn't coming directly from anyone. Correct. And that was TK was asked about that Mm -hmm. and he didn't know how to handle it. And triple H probably knows how to answer these questions better, but at the same time, like he can't be, you can't, you, you, you can't put him out there after the show and then have to answer these questions. I, I think WWE has to protect themselves. TKO has to protect themselves in this instance because somebody's going to ask the question. Somebody's going to ask, Hunter, what did you know? Because right now, I think everything's on the table. Yep. I think everything, I, I, I doubt that Hunter loses his job over this, but it's a greater than zero chance that he does. But I don't think he's completely safe. You mentioned Stephanie. It's some things about her and why she decided to step away when Vince came back. Makes a lot of sense right now. And who knew what? When did they know? The investigation. Uh, this also alleges clearly a sham. It also yep. alleges that everybody knew it was a sham when they did their internal investigation back in the summer of 2022 when Vince McMahon initially resigned. Um, I can't imagine that he's still going to be on the board when this is all said and done. I think he's probably, I mean, because TKO, look, you're a publicly traded company and now you have zero power, Vince. Like TKO is just going to, they've already stripped you of everything else. They're going to strip you of that title and try to separate themselves as quickly as they can from this whole thing. It's, I I have no idea what happens from here. Oh, by the way, if Brock Lesnar was coming back for the Rumble, can't do that anymore. But also I'll say TKO and Hunter, like, yes, they pale in comparison to Vince. Vince is a bad guy. We know that. They're not innocent in all this. Like, it was two days ago that Vince was out there on Wall Street representing this brand, like ringing that bell and being there. And like you said, Hood, there was so much smoke. We saw all these lawsuits beforehand to the point when we were texting about the show today and you guys sent this over. I was like, yeah, we'll just work it in. Like, it's all the same stuff before actually reading it. It's like, wow, somehow this has gotten worse. Like, they're continuing to roll him out there. And I'd say, yes, it's a slim chance. But if you told me a year from now, Vince is still somehow involved in TKO, I sad to say, I don't think I'd be that surprised. Well, I, I guess because Dana White's on the other side of it. So right. I guess yeah. be surprised. I mean, but I mean, this goes, I mean, this it, is, it I, 
because in a big company like this, it's okay to slap your wife like right. you know, did and, and still be running the company at yep. UFC. So there was no issue there with that. No. And I'm not as familiar. Like, I, I mean, I'm loosely familiar with that. I don't follow UFC as much, obviously. Well, I, like, I don't I'm, either, but I mean, you saw the video, though. He slapped his oh, wife. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, he slapped his wife. Like, he slapped yeah. his wife. Yeah. And, again, I don't want to compare anything. Like, this goes – like, this This is another level mm-hmm. of of just heinous activity within the WWE. And, and like you said, Gabe, in the investigation, I'll use that term very loosely, they never spoke to this young lady who is filing this lawsuit. There is no involvement in talking to her saying, hey, anything happened there? So, yes, it was a sham of an investigation, you know, a year or so ago. Yes, this is a protection of trying to make sure that the monolith that is a WWE stays afloat, that the cash cow and the million, million, millions and millions of dollars that have been in the WWE is not taken down by these lawsuits. That's what it comes down to. Again, as you point out, Bro, it's there was supposed to be an internal investigation, but that investigation did not involve uh, Miss Grant, Janelle Grant. Mm-hmm. So, I, but I, I, again, I can't say that I'm surprised at stories like this anymore because we get uh, news left and right all the time in our sports lives. Mm-hmm. But this year with Vince McMahon, it's not new. We covered the Rita Chatterton story last year, the female referee that said, I was raped in a limo by Vince McMahon, and it was a quiet you know, payoff after that, after all the pain and suffering that she said that she went through. And, and so with this story here, again, we're talking about a huge company like the WWE. And Vince McMahon, he, I mean, I, I guess he, and this is apparently later in life, this is talking about, as recently as three years ago, yeah, two years ago. I mean, so ne- never mind about trying to keep the the company afloat and doing what's best for the company. You had to worry about women and trying to take advantage of them, allegedly, based on this story. You can worry about business. You worried about you and and satisfying yourself. And um, I, I I'm just uh, floored by all of this. And I'm just thinking there's more to come. We we've got some stories, but there's more to come with this. And when people, you know, turn a blind eye to certain things and they say, oh, Triple H will be fine. And Stephanie, no, there's more to this story. This will be a deeper dive than what we read in the Wall Street Journal today. Um, Calls I made before the show. um, You guys were not surprised at the name that I gave you that will probably be involved in this lawsuit as well uh, coming up pretty soon. Uh, So and I'll go back to what I said. Look at everything that Vince has done on screen. And some of this real life shit we saw on screen. He's a, he's always been a child, Vince. Yep. He's always been a child, very childlike, wants things his way, very petulant as a businessman. And then when it comes to this situation, allegedly looks like he wanted his way as well, and want to make sure that there was no repercussions from it. I mean, this allegedly was happening in the office, like in the Stanford offices. Yeah. So. If you're comfortable enough to say, oh, I can do this here, that speaks to the, you know, the cover up and everyone sort of turning a blind eye where it's like, oh, I'm not going to get caught here. Like, it's not an issue. Like, that speaks to how big of an issue this is. Um, uh, one comment in here from Eric saying, would Netflix rescind their offer because uh, from WWE because of this? I doubt it. Um, again, that contract is signed. I mean, I'm sure they have some sort of back out clause, but 
I mean, would Netflix, you know, does Netflix now have some concerns? Do they go to TK and go, hey, what do we get ourselves into? Which is why, because this is what's happening as WWE continues to get bigger and bigger. When you become a publicly traded company, when you decide to sign big time contracts with Netflix, when you sell your company to TKO, there are a lot more people you have to answer to now, which is why I think um, Vince being dismissed from the company I think that has to happen pretty swiftly because TKO has a lot of business interests that they need to protect. Yeah, we we can go through the litany of owners that had to be removed because of horrible comments or things that they've done. We go to the former Los Angeles Clippers um, owner. We can go to the Carolina Panthers former owner, Jerry Richardson. There are times where owners just have to be removed and you keep the ball rolling. You're like, you know what? The cancer that was in our in our company, in ownership, general manager, whatever, we've removed that. We are trying to repair the issues we had before, and this is who we are. We are brand new. We are reimagined yeah. franchise. WWE has to say the same thing. Triple H, did you know anything? Because you're the right-hand man. Bruce Pritchard, did you know anything? You know, all the people that's been around, you know, all the people that's in Vince's family, did you know anything? You got to make sure you do your due diligence before you get in, uh, in the bed with this company. To make sure, like, all right, who knew, who didn't know, who is who's safe, who's innocent. But how is that not done before? before? Like the acquisition, the billion dollar acquisition, the Netflix part, like you knew there was stuff there with Vince. You knew there were these lawsuits. Like, how was this not uncovered before today? Well, the feeling was that Vince was not really not, not around the company. Mm-hmm. I mean, he might be he might have a title and name, but he's actually not doing anything. I we're not we're not BSing the audience. Yeah. Like he's not at Gorilla. He's not pulling the strings. This is Triple H's show. I'm sure that Netflix probably says, so what's up with Vince in this lawsuit? It's still ongoing, but he has nothing to do with the company. All right, this is all the Paula Beck show. All right, we can move forward with that because we trust him so far. Yeah. yeah. Well, so that's, I mean, Jimbo just threw it up there. Over under 20% Triple H gets fired. My guess is less than that. But again, I don't know. Like We're so early in this. It's what did you know? When did you know it? Did you help cover it up? And if there are any sort of text messages, if there are any sort of paper trail that leads back to Triple H helping cover this up, that's that's not going to be good for him. And, and I have no idea what happens there. I mean, this was... Again, it's just still so jarring to read the bottom third of our screen. Vince McMahon accused of yeah. sex trafficking. Like... The Vince McMahon accused of sex, you know, whatever after that, it's as sad as it is, like we kind of became numb to it because of all the other things that have happened. This is taking it to a completely new level. And TKO is now in charge. They're not going to do a sham investigation. They're going to dive into this. And there are, yeah, like you said, Hood, there there could be some names that who, who knows what happens. And, you know, the fact that this has just been such a wild roller coaster week for WWE going from one of the biggest annou- announcements in company history that they signed a 10 year, $5 billion deal with Netflix for Raw to now this. It's, it's the highest of highs and it's the lowest of lows. It's just. So. Yeah, Ryan Lambert says something that I think is important for everybody, and that is the hope is that all victims out there are getting some sort of healing from all of this. That is absolutely correct. Yep. Is that, I mean, we look at Vince, but also we have to think about the victim. Um, when she alleges that Vince McMahon defecated in her face, that she was part of a threesome, that she felt pressured into being with the company uh, and doing the things that allegedly has been put out there from the Wall Street Journal. Well, and, uh, and kudos to her. Kudos yeah. to Janelle Grant for coming forward, man, because yeah. it is 
this is Vince McMahon's one powerful guy. Yep. And he can insert that influence in a number of different ways. And for her to come forward, that's, I can't imagine. I can't imagine having to go through it. And then, you know what? I'm cool with reliving this because this needs to happen. Like good, good on her for coming forward. Agreed. There's no transition. We're going to try to dive into the stuff that we like about professional wrestling. The Royal Rumble's coming up, obviously. AEW starting you know, their build towards Revolution with Sting and that whole thing. And the Netflix and, and Seth Rollins injury. We're going to try to separate that from now the rest of the show. We want to dive into some of the fun stuff that we're going to enjoy and that we love about pro wrestling now on GKW. We like to call it three count. Brian, what do we have at number one this week? You mentioned it, the Royal Rumble Saturday night from Tropicana Field in the Tampa-St. Pete area. So we're a few days away. Let's get those predictions in. Who wins the men's rumble? Who wins the women's rumble? And who eats the pin in the four-way title match? All right. So let's let's start with the men's rumble. And I've I've thought about this long and hard. And I know there are. I, I don't want to spoil anything with <laughs> any of the rumors that were out there um, that were reported by Sports Illustrated that were then retracted today. Um, but the more I think about it, and we've talked about you know Cody, we've talked about CM Punk. Like the thing that makes the most sense to me, like storyline wise, it has to be Dwayne. It has to be The Rock. Because to me, if I mean, if Cody wins, he's challenging Roman Reigns. Makes sense. But if CM Punk wins and his goal is to main event WrestleMania, and I know he doesn't count anything, like I know this because he said it out loud previously, going on last is what means main eventing WrestleMania because he's had a main event in air quotes match with Undertaker when it wasn't the last match that was that went on, but it was obviously a, a, a very high profile match that was towards the bottom part of the card. But CM Punk, if, if he's going to end up wrestling Seth Rollins, like he's if you want to main event WrestleMania, you challenge one person. That's Roman Reigns, which. Look, you could make that make sense storyline-wise, but I, I can't imagine that Punk's going to win and then challenge Roman. So if it's going to be Rock Roman, and and Roman's not dropping the belt anytime before Mania, he's not going to lose on, on Saturday night. He's not going to be in Perth. So, well, he's still going to have the championship walking into WrestleMania. Like the, the thing that makes the most sense is The Rock winning because anybody else, if you want a main event WrestleMania, which has been such a big part of the storyline, you don't challenge Seth Rollins. You challenge Roman Reigns. So I think it's got to be Dwayne The Rock Johnson who wins the Royal Rumble. Plus 900, by the way, according to Bet Online, if you want to get some action there. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> that's a good number. He looked so just calm on uh, first take with Stephen A. Smith. He was just there as Dwayne Johnson with a uh -huh. pair of and just kind of talking about. Yeah, the glasses were an good. interesting touch. Yeah. yeah. Just, they just look like, you know, Clark Kent instead of Superman, you know? <laughs> he, was just, he was just there and just has glasses and just very calm, talking about you guys got his name back. And, you know, part of TKL, boy, what a, what a timing for the, for the Rock now to be part of TKL in that uh, front office. Yeah. Um, nonetheless, I, um, I really believe that CM Punk is going to win and that he will take on uh, Seth Rollins and injure Seth Rollins and win the heavyweight championship. Um, because I just think that CM Punk and, and McIntyre will be there at the end, along with Cody Rhodes and Carmelo Hayes was my choice uh, as a fourth spot. Just going to see what the kid can do. He's the future of the company. And I think that it's CM Punk's time. Where was he? Will he enter? You know, maybe middle of the pack, maybe in the 20s. But I really believe that Punk is going to be able to win this thing. And he'll finish his story before Cody Rhodes. 
So I also say Punk, by the way, Online, Punk and Gunther are the co-favorites at plus 150. I think Punk wins. You talk about where he enters. After what we saw Monday, I roll him and Cody out one and two. No, go the distance. Let's go the did, full did, time. Did you not see Punk in his injury situation? Yeah. You not yeah, see like, rest periods? He can hang out like, in the corner like a little they've bit. Done, they've done such a good job protecting him so far. I mean, he went on the little yes. holiday loop with Dominic Mysterio, but like they've done a good job of protecting him. And you just nope. They get out there, Punk. Up. They filled up the tank. He's got a full tank. He's good to go Saturday night. <laughs> Hour and a half, him and Cody in the ring. Yeah, Co- Cody can't fill that sixty minutes. How many oh whoa's can he do? <laughs> How many of those before the audience gets tired of that in Tampa? They'll have one and two. Let's go, good third well, three. So you bring you bring that up quickly. Let, let's just t- kind of take a little. You know, I'm going to pull off to the side of the road. Little detour here. What did we think of the promo that they had on Monday night? I was a fan. Uh, oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, that uh, is absolutely fantastic because. Hood, you know why he's asking? He he wasn't a fan. No, no, he was fantastic, and here's why. Yeah, no, he wasn't fantastic. He was like a C. What? No, no, it was fantastic, and here's why. <laughs> it's because you didn't know who the heel was in that promo. Sure. So, no, it was. It, but there's too much Cody, filler. I, I think ultimately, ultimately, the content itself was good, and I think it's going to look really good in one of those WWE pre-produced, like whenever they have that match, like the quotes that they eventually got to, money, fantastic. Like you know, CM Punk saying, you know, he he's more, you know, Cody Rhodes than you know, Cody Rhodes saying he's more CM Punk than CM Punk is. Like those are fantastic lines. There was just too much dead space, and it took too long to get there. I think ultimately it looks great in a video, but live. It left me wanting, like, it just took too long to eventually get to the really good stuff. Hmm. Especially, like, and and, and look, part of that is also, like, those two in WWE, I mean, Punk is still, to me, number one on the mic. Like, it's, it's, he's the best in the business. So, like, I grade on an incredibly high curve for the two of them. And the feeling out period that they had early, it just took too long to get to the good stuff. Yeah, yeah, tighten up that promo because we need a Tazawa match to fill the time. Got to have a Tazawa a match, but much better than that promo set. Are you kidding me? I mean, you they need wow. they, deserve, they deserve that time. They deserve that time. And well, then fill like, it better. Fill it no, better. Fill, fill it. I mean, so so now you want quicker promos from the WWE? They're well, known not, for I, I, promos. Just, what are you talking just, about? They, they just like they meandered for too long before they got to the stuff that was actually good. That's like, the WWE like, oh, promo. That's the WWE promo style is always fifteen minutes long. <laughs> what are you talking about? Have you ever seen the open of a Raw? <laughs> yeah, and sometimes and so like usually yeah, and it's one guy meandering. You got two of them in the ring. Get to the good stuff. You guys can exchange barbs for fifteen minutes. Wow. Don't give me ten minutes of softball crap before you get to the good stuff. Such my high standards. Man. My expectations for those two are a lot higher than a Seth Rollins meandering promo welcoming everyone to Monday Night Rollins. Man, they did a good job. They didn't even go the AEW cheap pop route. They both could have mentioned that. Like they would, they could have done nothing else. They were perfect in that promo. Yeah, I, mean, you, I would, I would ask you to watch it again. And <laughs> the ultimate point of the promo for me is that you didn't know who the heel was. Did you watch Cody Rhodes closely? The way that he was able to take in what Cody Rose was saying is very meticulous mm-hmm. because both guys were listening to each other. And, and and I thought that it was very well done to the point where there's, I think, a few booze for Cody. 
what he's not used to because CM Punk gets the chance and he gets a lot of reaction. Cody gets a lot of reaction too, but those two in the ring, it was a different dynamic in that crowd in New Orleans to see what happened there. I thought it was fine. I think I think I think what you what you said, bro, it is that you're gonna build this up to something and those clips are going to resonate with the audience and they're gonna be like, Hey, I remember when those guys were talking and yeah, was, they're building up to an hour in the ring Saturday night. Well <laughs> one and two. <laughs> You guys are gonna have me leaving here pretty soon. I just I thought that was fine. But but ultimately you what were you getting to? Well, I mean, we, we were just talking about, about Cody awesome and Punk. Promo. That's all. Yeah, correct. Yeah, no, Bruins gets it. I just wanted to complain about that promo because I knew that my opinion of it was probably going to be because I saw the reaction online like right after that. Oh, it was so good, so good. Like Man, I feel like it was not as good as everybody wanted it to be, and everybody was forcing wow. it to be that good. Again, right. like, I think the money quotes are going to be fantastic in those WWE pre-produced videos, whenever that feud happens. They're going to be money. Like the, the, the money quotes, they hit and they connected. It just... I, I think that was one of Cody's best WWE promos since the return. Yep. Like, it wasn't just paint by numbers, like, hey, I'm Cody, hey, whoa, like, oh, like, American Dream, finish the story, like... It was real. He was in Punk's face. There was some aggression there. Like there was yep. emotion there. There was an edge from from yeah. Cody we have not seen. Yep, there was an edge there because he he is a white meat baby face mm-hmm. until he's face to face with CM Punk. Right. And so now that will add the edge to Cody that we have not seen. He didn't have the edge with Nakamura, not at all. And Nakamura putting stuff in his face. <laughs> so there's that. It's a good point. Women's Rumble. Who do you got winning? Women's Rumble is going to be the uh, Rumble for Bailey. Yep, wins the Rumble and baby and Bailey at some point turns uh, babyface, which she should have been the entire time. I said at the time when Bailey turned heel, when Vince had her turn heel, I said, "You just threw away the John Cena on the female side of the roster. Why would you do that?" She was, I mean, she was huggable uh, for the fans. And she was a uh, white meat baby face. And I think that she would have been great for merchandise. Like, okay, here's someone kind of like we see Willow Nightingale, put it that way. Yeah. Like, yeah, I can't see Willow Nightingale ever being uh, a heel, uh, but as a baby face, it works. Same thing with Bailey with this whole thing with, um, with the faction that she's in. I think that Bailey wins. I think the, the key matchup is Bailey against EO sky. And then Bailey turns baby faces. They kick her out of damage control. Well, I'll throw this in there because I think we're all sort of chalkier. Bailey is the betting favorite. I also think it's Bailey. If you had to pick one, the betting favorite's the third and fourth place. Uh, Jade Cargill is third at plus 300. Nia Jax, fourth at plus 800. If you had to pick one of them to win it, which way are you going? Uh, Nia. Nia Jax. Because there's, there. I mean, there's no way you're debuting Jade after like keeping her like. Oh, look at this new toy. Nope, never mind. We don't have a new toy. Forget about Jade Cargill. Forget about that her existing. And they're not going to throw her in the Rumble and then be like, oh yeah, you're going to get a title shot at Mania. Yeah. Like there's there's not a chance that happens. I, her I mean, Rhea ending night one. No. Would would I be would I be shocked if we saw Jade Cargill in the Rumble? I'm expecting her to be in the Rumble. She's got zero percent chance of winning the Rumble. <laughs> Jade Cargill in the Rumble, yes, twenty nine. Okay, that's fair. But, but 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 actually, it's not about her in the ring. I just wanted to see the face to face with Bianca. That's what yeah. I want to see. That looks great in a poster. Those two. Mm-hmm. 
Like, yep. I, don't, I don't even need physicality. I just want to see those two face-to-face -face because that's money. When Jade is ready, and there's two ways to look at it. I make the joke that the bell rang in Orlando and that they said, oh, my God, who trained you? You're not ready. Or it could be Triple H being the cerebral assassin saying, just hold off, just wait, just wait for the anticipation for the Royal Rumble. It could be that, too. I just uh, I think that that's Bailey, and I think that we could – do we get Becky, Bianca, Bailey, and then like a fourth person? I'm, I'm not even sure who's the fourth person. Is there someone on the come from NXT? Maybe that's the weird part. Like the men's, like we've talked so much about the four, and we can expand it to five, six. Like it's pretty top heavy in the women. So looking at the betting favorites, Bailey's number one at plus one thirty-five. Becky plus two hundred. Jade plus three hundred. Nia plus eight hundred. Fifth on the least list, uh, your girl uh, Hood, Raquel Rodriguez plus nine hundred. No, no. <laughs> Her, her, she has her, a back, if you didn't know. Gabe showing yeah. off his. Yeah. Yes. I wish she would just show her back and then keep walking. Yeah, I think. Well, yeah. So, I mean, they, they kind of teased who's going to be in there at the end on Raw, right? Like, so Bailey, Bailey, Becky, Nia Jax, I think, going to be there towards the end. And if Jade's in there toward the end as well, like you go with the final five of Sprinkle and Bianca, Jade throws Bianca over. You know, Jade's now in the final four. You set up potentially a Bianca Jade match at WrestleMania. Then we can have, um, I mean, Nia ends up being the, the, the one left out here, but then you still can have Becky ends up challenging Rhea Ripley. And then over on the SmackDown side, yeah, I mean, they've teased it so much of damage control breaking up. I think everybody's ready for Bailey to turn babyface again. And I think her turning babyface and winning um, a championship at, I mean, and look, I didn't think her as a heel would work. Her as a heel has worked a lot better than I thought it would. Like, I think she's done some pretty good things with the character. I think it's time to make her back to a baby face. And it's a slow burn. And then we get the wacky, wavy, wavy, inflatable yep. tube men at WrestleMania. And everybody loses their minds. I will say this, and I hope it doesn't get ruined uh, on SmackDown. I love that they're not announcing a bunch of names. So before, last time I checked, they've announced 11 names for the men, six for the women. I hope it stays that way going into Saturday night. So let's do reckless speculation. So Naomi shows up, right? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. TNA contracts up. She did the honors. Yep. She said uh, goodbye. So that that'll be all for that. Anybody else? Do we get hardcore country? Does a a Mickey James come back out there again? Does she mm -hmm. roll out there again? I, Andrade and the men. I would say that. Yeah, Andrade yeah. debuting on the men's side. I think makes a lot of sense. Uh, plus um, twelve hundred. Do we see Sasha Banks? No. I mean, no, there's no news. There's no. Zero, zero on her. I mean, at some point she's going to be someplace, but it, there's I zero. So. I mean, I don't think that she'll be at the Rumble. I do not. No, I mean, if she shows up at the Rumble, like, throw all the plans we just discussed, throw them out the window. <laughs> like, because, I mean, she's back in WWE. She's getting a pro. Maybe she ends up winning it. I don't know. Um, well, that's she's going to get like, a prominent if, spot at Mania, though. If your prediction's right, Gabe, and it's The Rock winning the men's side, we don't need any other surprises. Like, even though we've seen him a couple times, that music hits and he comes out in his gear, we're set for the night. Yeah. Which I think... <laughs> If it's funny, so like if, if you're picking between Dwayne or Mercedes returning, like whoever's going last, that's right. that's the big return, right? If the men's rubble is going last, then it's going to be Dwayne. If the men's rubble goes first, I think that opens the door potentially for Mercedes at the end. All right. I think it's more likely that The Rock shows up and not participate in Royal Rumble than Mercedes being there. Okay. Yeah. 
Like, and especially, especially with the news that we just talked about today, like in order to try to get yourself a little bit of goodwill, anytime yeah. you hear, anytime you hear that, that man's music, people lose their minds and yeah. that's going to, I mean, but, but like I said, root for the men and women and yep. for them working hard. Like this, this nonsense here, it's been hanging over the company for a while. Right. I mean, whatever happens in ring, we'll celebrate it and we'll talk about it. But, you know, as far as Vince is concerned, people know that story. They can't turn a blind eye to it. It's there. It's been there for years. But you root for the wrestling and because yep. that's what makes us happiest. And we should get a good amount of it Saturday. Like, we only have four matches announced for Saturday. It's the two Rumbles. It's Logan Paul versus KO. And then it's the four way for the title. That's the way Triple H does it, right? Mm-hmm. Triple H does it that way. He, I mean, there used to be under Vince these long, you know, long nights of wrestling, kind of like we see in AEW a lot with their pay-per-views. But it's just like it, 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 there's a philosophy that everybody can't be on the card. In AEW, yep. you try to get you try to shove as many people on the card uh, with the, the pre-show and the actual card. WWE, it's like, you know what? We know we got families there. Here's three and a half hours. Here's four hours max of action. And to the point where they split WrestleMania two nights. Because yep. again, it's it's not about short attention span. It's like what is aesthetically pleasing for your show. So this is the kind of Triple H philosophy that we've seen. Uh, I, I I ran this by I ran this by uh, J Hood when we did our special show, um, which again feels like it was forever ago now <laughs> that WWE signed their Netflix deal. Um, yeah. I ran this by because they did the Hulk Hulkamania forty years. Brian, are you going to be hearing real American blaring through the speakers at Tropicana Field? A hundred percent. There was a lot of Hogan on Monday night. There was a lot of those little mentions. Like he could be 30. He can roll out there. He can slowly fall over the top rope. We're going to hear it. Speaking of scandals. Oh yeah. They've ignored that one. That was (laughs) time has passed. Nope. 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 Still a racist. No. That's how that works. Yeah. Yeah. Time doesn't pass on racism. (laughs) (laughs) There's there's no statute of limitations on racism. (laughs) Hey, I mean, I mean, I don't care what you read. It's still a thing. That whole big R R word. No, it's wrestling. That was Terry Bollea. We're talking about Hulk Hogan. This is totally different. Oh, okay. Now now he's he's, he's Hulk's lawyer now. (laughs) 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 He's Hulk's lawyer. Okay. How big are you, Hogan? Well, Hogan thinks that I'm nine inches. And <laughs> Rick, you know, that's exactly- they so are weird. totally rolling him out there this week. Um, who takes who takes the pin in the fatal four way at Royal Rumble? Uh, well, I, I, okay. Let me let me rephrase. Why is L.A. Knight going to be the one eating the pin uh, in yeah. the fatal four way? I think this is the end of story. Like it's LA night story was what, like SummerSlam ish last year. Yeah. Here's the end cap Saturday night. <laughs> Thank you for your time. Wow. That'll be all, huh? I think yeah. so. Jeez. Yeah. I would have to agree with that. Is there odds on that too, bro? <laughs> I've seen that. I'll even go a step further. I don't know if he has a spot on mania. Oh, he'll be in the, he'll be in the Andre. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> That's just rough right there. That's rough <laughs> that right is. there. Oh, now he'll be on the card. That's why they have DeAndre. So he'll be right next to Uso. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to take that big-ass trophy home and bring it into the airlines, oh. bring it to the airport, that big trophy. Yeah, yeah. Someone, someone has to throw Tozawa out at the end to win right. the Andre, and that's going to be LA night. God. 
Go quickly. Uh, so, so yeah, so that uh, that's how that goes. The four way: Roman Reigns, Randy Orton, AJ Styles, and folks, kids. There's a reason why LA Knights in the match. Someone's got to eat the pinfall because it ain't gonna be AJ Styles or Randy Orton. Nope. Right. Just said, just the way it is. Boy, you talk about a fall. You know, it's up to the LA Knight fans, and I know the LA Knight. Uh, the fan account follows us, GKW underscore wrestling, like everything LA Knight. Okay, you want more from LA Knight? You need to be more loud. You got to be louder when he comes out there. You have mm-hmm. to support him because he was the all the rage, almost uh, Daniel Bryan style. But, but the only thing is the Daniel Bryan fans get kept going everywhere. They're still going with it. So LA Knight fans, you can't just give up. If you want him to get over, you need to keep being loud. Eventually, it'll break through, but if you just kind of like, oh, I guess he's never going to get there. Okay, they'll move on. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, they'll move on. Well, and they've already started to, by the uh-huh. way. So you need to, if, if you're not loud enough Saturday night, if you're not going to Tropicana Field in Tampa and you're not loud enough there, RIP to LA night. AJ and Orton at Mania? Uh, to do what? Against each other in just a match. Ah. Uh, well. Well, well, I mean, because that Randy shine has sort of dulled a little bit since Survivor Series. I mean, he was overshadowed well, that night. So, and and uh, well, that's because like SmackDown has been a largely skippable show. Yep. Over the last month or so. Ooh, we've never said that before. <laughs> well, we have not. We have not said as a show because we have supported SmackDown as like the better show. Yeah. Because, because of the energy of the Bloodline, but when you take the Bloodline away. Now what's left? We've talked about this before. If you have no bloodline, you got no judgment day. What's the second act? What's the third act? Right. Damn it. And also, they don't have to keep Fox happy anymore. They're just milking the yeah. clock there before you. Just, they're, yeah, they're playing four corners on Fox. But like, <laughs> that's the other thing. Like they, when when bloodline wasn't there previously, we had Gunther. Well, then they threw Gunther over on Raw, and now they've got two part-time champions on the men's side. Like, honestly, it's it's the women's division that's kind of keeping SmackDown afloat. It's whatever damage control is doing. That's the only thing keeping SmackDown afloat right now because they they have all these things that are tied up with the bloodline and you haven't given LA Knight a, a microphone to cut a promo in God knows how long. So there, there hasn't been much on that show. That's that's pretty strong, what you just said there, because I hadn't thought of it that way. Obviously, we're all watching the show, but it doesn't yep. have that same that same zest as it once did because Roman's not there all the time, Paul Hamm is not there all the time, and nothing wrong with the wrestling. It's fine. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you don't want your version of Rampage on Friday nights. <laughs> I'm just saying. What do we got at number two this week, Brian? All right, it feels like it was announced a year and a half ago, but a few days ago it was announced that Monday Night Raw will be moving to Netflix in 2025. Whoa, whoa, whoa. $5 billion. Raw. WWE Raw. They didn't say Raw. Monday Night Raw. Oh, I feel that's a very important my distinction. Mistake. My mistake. Yes, Raw. Raw will be moving to Netflix. Five or $5 billion, 10 years. Who's the biggest winner in Raw to Netflix? Uh, so also just going to clean up a couple of things there. Apparently, uh, Netflix has an opt-out at five years, and they also have an option to extend it to 20 years. Right. So this could this could end up being a huge steal for Netflix if they're happy with it at some point and extend the deal all the way out to 20 years, which seems an absolute insanity to me that I would be in my 50s and this thing is still going to be going on. But, you know... Here we are. Um, There's also, in terms of the TV deals, in October, SmackDown moves to USA, NXT moves to CW, 
And Raw is homeless as of now. Well, again, you get $5 million. You don't care. Right. <laughs> well, we'll figure it out. You know, we're, we're, getting, we're going to be getting $500 million a year starting in January. We're going to be okay, which is crazy. So with, with what they've gotten, um, and I don't know what they got for NXT at the CW, but with what they got from USA for SmackDown, what they get from the Saudis, which is $100 million per year for their two shows, and what they're getting here, they're clearing $800 million alone between SmackDown Raw and the two Saudi shows. That's $800 million. Insanity. And, and deserved because that company has worked hard. And you get, and you make sure you give Nick Khan his cut because yeah. he deserves it. That guy has been busting his ass to be able to find every bit of revenue streams to help that company. And, and um, if you missed our special podcast, Gabe and I broke it down. Uh, it is uh, available on podcasts and also on YouTube as well. When we, we broke that news, it's right there on YouTube, and we talked about it. You know, bro, it's what is interesting to me about all of this is that Netflix is not going to look at the success of Raw based on ratings anymore. This is not a Nielsen thing. This is a subscriber thing. Right. And they believe that even though their subscribers have been able to go up and up and up so far, 2023 to 2024, they imagine that WWE fans will log on and subscribe to see Raw every week, no matter what day it is. We think it could should be on Mondays for tradition, but that show could be on Tuesdays. That show could be on any day of the week. could be on Fridays. We will see. But ultimately, this is not about ratings. And I know that this is uh, at this point, Dave Meltzer should retire because now he can't monitor the actual ratings of Monday Night Raw. Oh, they're in the mud. They're not good. They're not in the mud. Oh, no, no, I look through my numbers. They're not in the mud. Well, it's not about that anymore, Dave, Uncle Dave. It's about subscriptions. And so when you get away from the archaic Nielsen numbers that are probably incorrect, we keep saying that Raw is like 1718. It's probably more like 2.5, 2.6. But with this system, who, who knows? But with Netflix, it's about subscriptions and butts in seats at the particular arenas that they go to. That's all that matters now. Now this deal's been signed. And I think in terms of like the winners, I think we're the winners because one, we probably lose that third hour raw, which that will be nice. Not a chance. Really? No, there's gonna be no they don't need ad revenue. I think it's gonna be two hours commercial free. I think that's what we're gonna get on whatever night of the week. Well, so you Okay, well, the, the last part of that you're not going to get. There will be spots on there because, as you well know, just like Amazon, once you're on that, that Netflix, you can't turn off because that means you have to exit out <laughs> to watch something else. So you're stuck. It's yeah. like the Thursday night football games, uh, how horrible they are. You have to sit there and watch. Otherwise, you log out. I so think it'll be soccer style where it's like on the screen. So CNBC, I thought, had a report about this where because Netflix is going to be going to a tiered system, kind of like Peacock okay. is, where if you're on their ad free tier, you don't get the ads. But if you're on the ad tier, there will it, it'd be like watching a traditional Monday Night Raw where they'll put ads, you know, over some different segments or different uh, parts of the wrestling match, kind of like we're used to saying now. So I think Raw, if you're on the if you're not on the highest tier of Netflix, Raw is going to look the way it's looked for the past 30 years. I think we'll get a lot more Mountain Dew matches. That's how they'll get advertisers in there. That's okay. That's fine. They're skippable. That's fine. <laughs> I got a problem with that. But I would agree, bro, it's that uh, in the negotiations, I would have asked for a two-hour show. Hell yeah. Like, you have no reason to try and fill a third hour anymore. So I think that's a big thing. And I think Tony Khan's happy with the deal because you don't have to worry about Raw coming over to Warner and being like, 
hey, this is our home. Like, why are you here? Can you please go away? So I think Tony is happy with the deal. Uh, AEW is a, a sneaky winner in this whole thing because, well, and but I think there are two still two companies that would be interested in, in one in Warner Brothers Discovery staying in the professional wrestling business. And it just kind of seems like Disney and FX, you know, with FX and Hulu, that they would be kind of interested entering that, w, you know, the, the professional wrestling space. So I think they've got a couple of people, a couple of companies that could be interested in their services, which could drive up their price just a little bit, despite, you know, their... Things haven't been going well in person. People ain't showing up to their shows, but people are still tuning in every Wednesday night for Dynamite. So the, the, the ratings themselves there have been pretty decent. Yeah, so I would say Nick Khan for me because of this deal doesn't happen without him. Yeah, I think that he's the winner because he's put this together. Um, I heard that sideways shot at AEW, which is a true shot. Um, uh, this, is not a, this is a topic that we dumped, but I could just say on, you know, on the side here, this is about looking to have smaller scale arenas. This is AW. This is AW's uh, problem. Here's what they thought. They thought, man, if we can draw in London, this is going to make our our situation soar, right? We can get if we get forty thousand people, fifty thousand people. So you, oh, you had over eighty thousand people there. Just remember what happened, guys. Eighty thousand people. And they came to suburban Chicago, and I sat among 3,500 people in, a, in an 8,000-seat arena. I had my own section. <laughs> I did. And I thought, where's the where's everybody? And then look at the cities that they go to. They go to all these NBA arenas because they thought it's booked in advance. It's not they do, they're not doing it week to week. It's booked six months to eight months in advance. They thought that what happened in London can carry through so they can be able to run these, these arenas. Not the case. Not the case. They are struggling uh, mightily in these huge arenas. They need to be in smaller places. Well, problem number one, yes, I would agree with, you know, be in smaller places, be in those 5,000, you know, five to 10,000 seat places, right? So, and and if it's a 10,000 seat place, you can kind of pare it down. Like that, the WWE goes to these NBA arenas, and even though they can hold... 15, 16, 17, 18,000 people, they'll pare it down to about 10,000. If they got to open up more seats, they'll open up more seats. But problem number two, like WWE, like, part of the reason why you sold out Wembley is because you did a really good job promoting it. Like you, you kept talking about hell. It's it's still a fixture when you're going there next fall. Right. Like you're, you, we're so far away from that, but it's still a fixture on your show. Like I can see it in the background on the jumbotron. Hey, don't forget all out 2020, you know, excuse me, all in 2024. It's coming up. It's in Wembley. It's in London. So everybody knows where that's going to be. They do such a bad job. And I'm basing this solely on when they've come to Milwaukee, the times they've come into the city I'm in. They do such a bad job advertising the city that they're going to be in. Like I know WWE SmackDown. I know when they're coming here again. I don't know when AEW is coming here. And the last time they came, I completely forgot that they were in town. Completely forgot they were in town because they don't advertise anywhere. Like they quickly flash it across the bottom of the screen when Excalibur is trying to jam it in there with everything else that he's trying to go through. And he's reading, you know, the copy faster than an auctioneer. But their biggest issue is they don't advertise anywhere they go. You got to let the people know you're in town and then maybe people will show up. Yeah, I completely agree. Like I couldn't tell you the last time I bought a WWE ticket, but my inbox is flooded anytime they're coming to South Florida. Like I know they're in town. I was like, hey, you're interested. And I was like, oh, okay, they're going to be in Miami. They're going to be in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. I don't know when AEW is coming to town. And your point about the smaller arenas, the reports today is that they're not going to run some of these smaller towns. They're going to go to bigger towns. 
and they think that will solve problems. Meltzer flat out said their attendance right now is getting to WCW 2000 levels. Well, oh, I believe that. And listen, it, it, it's, it's several reasons. No excuses, several reasons. One, Wednesday night remains a tough night. Mm-hmm. In the middle of the week with kids or whatever, Wednesday night's difficult. Secondly, you don't have anything hot yet for people to see. Sure. It, it, it's, it's an old philosophy. If there's empty seats, that means that you didn't give the, the audience anything to see. And and by the way, this is no, casting no aspersions on the hardworking men and women in AEW. But what's hot there? When, when the company first started, you started in Washington, D.C. I just thought that was a, a, a question mark. Like, you're starting in Washington, D.C. With your, with your first Dynamite? That's where you're starting? Okay. But then you, at least you had a new company. It was new and fresh. And now, look, look what you have now. You don't have anything hot. There's certain acts that are hot. But what's the feuds that are hot? And who's the person that is the must-see wrestler uh, in AEW? I like Swerve Strickland. I like Samoa Joe. You know, I, I, you know, I like um, certain acts on that show. But what drives me on a Wednesday night to get in the car and watch AEW on a regular basis, getting into the arena, paying for parking to see what? Wrestling? Great. But who am I going? But usually there is a draw. AEW is not big enough to say, Come to see AEW. Okay, but you need a hook. WWE can do that. AEW can't. I will say this to kind of put a bow on the Netflix conversation. If Raw moves off of Monday nights with Netflix, AEW should jump on Monday night in the blink of an eye. People are used to watching wrestling on Monday night. I think that would be as like not that they would draw raw numbers. But I think they could do pretty good on Monday night, and I think that could even help their attendance a little bit. Do you move Dynamite or Collision? Uh, collision. Dynamite. <laughs> well, collision. You get it off a of Saturday night. Yeah. yeah. You get it off a of Saturday night. Monday night's a better night. Mm-hmm. And so you have one on Monday, and then two, and Wednesday would be your secondary show, however they want to put it. But, yeah, but, Monday, but, Wednesday, but, Friday. Mm-hmm. It, but, but nothing matters until you get something hot. It seems like they're going to do transition right now. People are making fun of their Savannah show on Wednesday night. Like, yeah, yeah. Savannah is a is a sea town. Like it, 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 in the old Crockett days, it's just kind of a flyover. Okay, we'll be in Savannah on our way to Atlanta, you know, on our way to to Jacksonville, on our way to to Miami and Tampa. Like Savannah has never been a great town. It's been okay during the the Crockett days of the NWA, but I mean. It all it all depends on what's hot. That show was as mediocre and as milk toast as you'll find. Dynamite, it wasn't great yesterday. No, well, it was nah, fine. There, there was some there was some attractions here and there. There were some moments, but that's that's what Savannah deserves. That show for that market. You don't pull that in Chicago or Miami or or Milwaukee. You do better than that. What do we got at number three? Speak, sticking with the WWE, Seth Rollins in an interview with Daniel Cormier says he avoided an ACL tear as that he expects to be full strength in about a month. We saw on Monday he is not giving up the WWE title. So how should the Seth Rollins situation be handled? He should have given it up. I this this makes me uneasy, man. Like you got a partial tear in your meniscus, and you know I know he said, "Well, yeah, I'll probably be good in a month." I mean, he also again, that I, he doesn't want Mania to be his first match back. He wants to you know get the wheels going before that. Yeah, well, I mean, and I know you're going to play things up in your promo on Monday Night Raw, but when you say two to three months, like, here's the thing, man. Like, Seth Rollins still has plenty of his wrestling career ahead of him. But when we talk about professional athletes in other professional areas, somebody had this type of injury in the NFL, 
at age 37, we're going, okay, this is going to, it's probably going to take maybe even a little bit more time. Your body just doesn't recover. Seth Rollins is 37 years old, man. Like him rushing back. I know you want to get there to mania. And it was unfortunate that you injured the knee. I am very worried that he's not going to be ready in time for mania, that he's not going to be able to recover. And then what do you do? And then what do you, oh boy, like to me, you, you take the championship off of him, whoever you wanted to have, you know, face him, you make that person, you find a way to make that person champ. So what, let's just say, for example, it was CM Punk. Your plan was CM Punk versus Seth Rollins. You take, you take it off of Seth. You get Punk ended up being the champion. Somebody else wins the Royal Rumble. If the plan was for Punk to win the Royal Rumble. And then Punk walks around as the champ. And if Seth is ready to go, you can still have that match. You end up getting to what where you want to get to, but you give yourself a little bit of cushion in case that guy's not ready to go. I'm I'm really worried that Seth isn't going to be able to go. So in that scenario, CM Punk would be the real world champion. Oh, wait a <laughs> <laughs> I think I've seen that before. <laughs> I think we've seen that before. Guys, the way it should have happened. There's two ways. You want the old school way, you want the new school way. Which one would you like? Hit me the new school. Okay, the new school. Way. Yeah. Okay. The new school way is for uh, Seth Rollins to surrender the championship, and the championship would be up for grabs at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, that's. I, I honestly thought that was a possibility when he came out on Monday. That's you do it the way Ric Flair won the championship in '92. Mm-hmm. That like. Why not? But, the obvious way of something you have a gift in front of you, priest in the briefcase. Well, you get that too. Don't worry. That's- Why didn't they just do that Monday? You priest comes out, priest cashes in, priest the champion, and if Rollins is available and good to go in Perth or before Mania, he gets a massive pop, he wins his title back, and you go along as planned. It's a simple thing. And even I know wrestling fans were supposed to, you know, not buy into things and be dumb about things. Why is there no explanation as to why he didn't come out there Monday? Even a simple like, oh, our truth got in the way. I was gonna go cash in and like our truth screwed me up. Give me something. Well, along those lines, the old school way is keep your damn mouth shut and don't talk about the the injury. He goes out there, he gets jumped from behind, he's rolled into the ring, and Damian Priest cashes in one, two, three. Yeah. That's the old, that's the old school way. You don't talk about the injury. Yeah, I mean, I saw this many times where like um God, the British Bulldogs. I think Davey, it was Dynamite Kid that had an ACL injury or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he was, he, I think it was, he got hit from behind and he was never in the match. So it was one on two the entire time. And the, the British Bulldogs lost the championships. It's only because Dynamite couldn't go. Right. They said, well, well dress, we'll do some, an injury angle. And then you never in the match. They, and then that way you give up the title. So, and that's in the old school way is he doesn't have a knee brace. You don't know he's got an injury. And he loses on Monday Night Raw. Uh, I mean, is Seth, I'm assuming, is he going to be showing up every week? Let's say, or is Punk, if if Punk wins the Rumble, he's going to be cutting promos against Air for the next two months? That's the other thing, man. Like, we know Roman's not showing up every week. We know that Logan Paul's not showing up every week. We're going to have another absentee (laughs) champion leading up to WrestleMania? Like, what are we doing? This is supposed to be the workhorse champion. This is supposed to be the workhorse championship that's there every bleeping week. I'd say the Damian Priest money in the briefcase run right now is worse than theories from a year ago and cashing in on the U.S. title. (laughs) Listen to that. That's how bad it is right now. (laughs) Wait a minute. Look, is it bad? Yes, Yes. it's bad. Yes. All right. Is it Damian Sandow bad? We're not there yet. It's. I mean, look, it's... 
The still champion has the potential- is standing there saying, oh, I'm hurt. I can't do anything. Huh. I should cash in on this guy. Like, it yeah, defies that, wrestling logic. That's that's what it, it, there should have been a title change right there on Monday Night Raw. Or, yeah. or at some point, or at the Rumble. So, whatever it is, you don't know he has an ACL or a meniscus tear, and he loses right there. That's all. I mean, he's got the briefcase all this time. Why not put it on Damian Priest? Why? Because that ruins what made a bet you'd see at uh, WrestleMania? Look, it might get uh, ruined anyway. We can still get back to it, like Gabe said. Like, if he's healthy and good to go, great. Because that's that's the other thing. Like, Seth Rollins is a psychopath enough. Like, I I don't want him pushing too hard. Right. Right? Like, oh, I got to make it back for me. I got to make it back. He's going to be that way anyway. But now with the championship, that's extra pressure to maybe overdo it in rehab. Like again, you're 37 years old. I rushing back does nobody any good. Like obviously, Seth, you're a huge part of the company. I I just get a little, especially with the guy who's had knee issues before. I'm probably wrong, and maybe everything turns out to be fine. It just makes me a little uneasy thinking that he. What what do you do? Like, do you hope that he gets cleared and Friday night before he before Mania he's not cleared, and then what do you do? I guess my point is, is that you take it off of him now because he's going to end up losing the championship anyway. That was the plan anyway. He was going to lose that championship at WrestleMania, guys. Yeah. I mean, it's so so he if he doesn't wrestle between now and WrestleMania, okay, fine. He's losing against Punk if that's the matchup. And it, there's no positive in having gonna, a belt. You're not chasing a number or anything. Yeah. Like, what's the point? Yeah, either either was going to happen in New Orleans or WrestleMania, but he's going he's going to lose the title, healthy or not. That's that's all for Rollins. Yep. So that's why I said like let's like bro, it's we put it together, bro. It's like either way, Damon Sand oh, Damon Sandow, god damn. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to re- erase him from You're my- welcome. Yeah, yeah, the N- NWA's old Damon Sandow. Uh, either way, Priest should be the champion because he's got the briefcase. Yes. yes. Seriously, Maybe, you remember when Damian Sandow won the briefcase? How crazy was that? <laughs> How crazy was it when Damian Sandow was walking around with that leather-ass briefcase? <laughs> he doesn't know the code like our truth didn't on Monday. Maybe that's all it is. <laughs> oh, by, by the way, nothing like little haha to end Monday Night Raw. Like I, and I said, boy, this is terrible. Uh-huh. Like, like, I, I, I can take that early in the show, but you yeah. know, the whole money thing and our truth at the end, I'm like, if I was in that crowd, I'm like, ooh, that's he almost killed the town there. And, and, and by the way, they didn't draw well there either. It was, it was about 7,000 people there. They didn't draw. New Orleans is a, a kind of squirrely town anyway. It's not it's not a great town. It's it's up and down. But I'm, if I was in that crowd, I'd say, this is the way you end Monday Night Raw. Like, I'm not coming back for a while. I I, I was disappointed with that. It ruined what was a pretty good matchup until that point. I agree. Yep. This, by the way, is going to be the title Cody wins. Like, it's going to be Cody and Punk. Seth isn't going to be good to go. Yeah, that's not the story, though. Well, so nope. I, I, I mean, I oh. guess I think that's what they were kind of setting up in the back, you know, in the back of their minds too, by doing Cody versus Punk, which right. also brings me back to the Rock is winning the Royal Rumble. But yeah, I digress. that makes sense. You put the Rollins title on the line at Elimination Chamber. The winner of the Chamber is the champ. Yeah, and do it that way. It's fine. But at least Priest is in the Rumble. Maybe he'll get a title shot. If he wins the rumble, <laughs> so truth yeah. is throwing him out. Truth is costing him. Like <laughs> truth is throwing him out. Truth, truth is. I I promise you this. Our truth is somehow going to be involved in Damian Priest getting eliminated from the Royal Rumble on Saturday night. I promise you. 
Do you think our truths in the Rumble? Or one of those he doesn't know he's not in it? Yeah, either oh. his music's going to hit and he doesn't come out, or he comes out like like somebody else's music hits and he accidentally comes out. Like it's going to be, there's going to be some comedic bit that happens there. This guy here, this guy here wants Cody Rhodes and CM Punk 1 2. And I want Nia Jax 1. That, that's what I want for the entire yeah. time. He also wants R Truth to be in the final four. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Why not? He's at the end of Monday Night Raw. Yeah. Why not? He's main eventing Raw. He's main eventing the go. That was the go home match. The go home match for Monday Night Raw. Our truth just throwing dollar bills all over the place. I mean, they, they wrote they wrote that, and they're like, uh, "Yeah, f it, let's go, let's go home." Yeah, that's <laughs> the best we got this week. Sorry, guys. Everyone's already in Tampa. There's no one to proofread. Soul, soul show. It's fine. Soul show. <laughs> what, do, what do we got in news and notes this week, Brian? All right, let's start and stick with the WWE right now. Some announcer changes. Kevin Patrick out as the lead announcer on SmackDown. Michael Cole filling in temporarily. And then today we learned from reports, Kevin Patrick not just out of SmackDown, but released entirely from the company. Best of luck in his future endeavors. Yeah, that's unfortunate because, again, Kevin Patrick was never great. But you have to grow into that, man. You're just not going to be immediately great unless you're Mauro Ronaldo that's into combat sports. That's the guy that should be in there if he's not going to be bullied by JBL. Um, I, I think that Kevin Patrick held his own. I think it's fine. Actually, I think Jimmy Smith was better Yep. because of the product knowledge. But, I mean, you know how this works, guys. We need someone that sounds like Michael Cole. You know what we go with? Michael Cole before that. <laughs> We need someone with excitement like Jr. You know, we should bring back Jr. And and so that's unfortunate because I believe in difference when it comes um, to broadcasting. Everyone should sound the same. Different styles. You're still getting the stories over, but I feel bad. Kevin Patrick, he'll be back doing uh, soccer on Apple, I think, because that's where I think they found him. Does uh, Michael Cole sound like Doc Rivers doing Monday Night Raw after doing SmackDown, Rumble, and then Raw? It's not my fault, baby. It's <laughs> it was Blake. It's not my fault, baby. I didn't have the knife. I didn't twist it on him, baby. It's not on me. It's on Blake. It's not me. I'm going to lead you to game seven, and then y'all going to lose. But it's not my fault, though. That's Gabe's guy now. Uh, it's a big week for Dwayne Johnson family. Earlier in, the, <laughs> earlier in the week, The Rock named the TKO board. Well, that same night, if you weren't watching Tuesday night NXT, Ava Rain named the new NXT GM by William Regal. Rain at 22 years old becomes the youngest on-screen GM in WWE history. Are, are they going to play up any sort of nepotism angle there? Because I think that could be hilarious. Like that has potential to be like, you know, like if she's like, hey, let me call my dad. I know. I mean, she probably wants to. I know they've done right. this at NXT before where they try to keep whenever that, you know. I mean, Charlotte was just Charlotte for a while. She, it took her a while before she went by Charlotte Flair because she wanted to separate herself and make it on her own. I just I just imagine the, 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 the comedy they could have with now with The Rock being on the board at TKO and her in a general manager role. I think there are some funny things they could do. Well, since she's been at NXT, one thing we know about her, she can talk. We got Regal back for that moment, though, so that was good. One thing we know about the Rock's daughter, she can talk. And that'll be all. Let's see. Because that's not what she was there for, to just talk, but it's the Rock's daughter, so 
it's no surprise that she could do a good promo. And that's where it ends. Well, gee, I'm now 22. There's room to grow. In the AEW world, Tony Khan revealed this week that the AEW rankings will be making a return. They were last used in late 2022. If you go to the AEW website, you can check out the rankings from August 31st of 22 that are currently there. CM Punk, the number one singles contender there. <laughs> um, you know what? I, I kind of like leaning back into this because they it was something that made them different. And I think they need to lean more into their differences from WWE instead of trying to be more like WWE. Bre- show that you can be that different product and, and kind of lean in. Hey, you're just putting on the matches anyway right now. You can tell some different stories around it. At least the rankings kind of give a little more depth to it and make it feel a little more you know, combat sports of, Hey, we've got a number one contender and go from there. This was a Jim Ross idea from his days in the UWF. They used to have a top 10 because he's a college football fan. And he always thought when you watch college football and bro, it's, you know, this well, like I do, there's nothing like looking at the AP, looking at the rankings when they first come out and see who's in the top 10. So this is initially a Jim Ross idea. And like some Jim Ross ideas, they had moved on. Like empowering the officials. You recall this, right? When when the uh, the referees in AEW didn't look like a holes, right? <laughs> and, so, and so now that's changed too. Uh, and so now they're going back to their roots of having contenders because that makes sense to me. Who's in the top ten? So that way you can follow along and know who the next contender is instead of pulling it out of your ass every week. So I have no problem with that. I'm just glad they're reusing Jim's idea on AWTV again. I like that. March 5th on Vice, the new season of Dark Side of the Ring. Ten episodes this season. Some episodes include Harley Race, Earthquake, Sandman, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, and Sensational Sherry. Weren't they going to have a Kurt Angle episode and that wasn't then released as part of, apparently, I guess, I don't know if they pulled it, if they decided that everything we need to know about Kurt Angle was in the WWE documentary. I I found that interesting that Kurt Angle was initially supposed to be a part of the season and now there's no Kurt Angle episode. Yeah, let's not do that right now. I saw the well, we saw the documentary is very well done by WWE, right? Yeah. Do all three of us see that? Yeah. yeah but we don't I mean, need again, a dark played, side now because of that. Well, yeah, I mean they played with the timeline a little bit, but you know. Yeah, it's fine. Uh it was it was done done well. Um give me those you said earthquake? Yeah. <laughs> oh no, they are I think they might be running out of ideas. So here's the full ten. Chris Adams, Sensational Chris, Sherry, Terry well, Gordy, Black okay. Saturday, uh Chris Colt, I'll admit I have no idea who that is. I, I know who that is if okay. you have Sandman, it. Earthquake, Harley Race, Buff Bagwell, and Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Oh Bruce Beefcake. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't I didn't want y'all scissor me daddy at Gabe. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> oh, like, I mean, yeah. I mean, being on a boat and his having his face destroyed, yeah. that's thing. Earthquake is, I don't understand that one. Um, he's a large human, and I don't know. He was nice. I feel like that's the stories I know about Earthquake. He squashed Jake the Snake Robert's snake. He sat on it. Do you, I don't know if you guys are old enough to remember oh, that. Man. I don't. Tragic. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh, Saturday Night's main event on PC. We're getting we're getting a story of him killing a snake. That's his dark side. Yeah. Um, Chris Colt is interesting because I've I've requested that, and I'm glad they're doing that. You guys will find that story interesting. Um, someone who was drug, sex, rock and roll, androgynous, wrestled in Portland wrestling. Just it's it's very deep, dark 
his story as a wrestler. I did not grow up watching him. I found out about him later in life and read about him. He's interesting. Chris Adams is interesting because Chris Adams has a gentleman. Chris Adams, even though that's his nickname, it's like calling me tiny. Yeah, it's like gentleman. <laughs> Chris, don't don't think so. Um, the former let's see, he was married to Steve Austin's wife. I think he, Lady Blossom, I believe, was married to Chris Adams, and then she married. Steve Austin, I believe that's how that worked. There's a lot of stuff with him in world class. He was the nicest guy until he got on drugs, and then he was abusive to everybody. His story will be interesting as well. Um, but, but no, there's some, but there's some head scratchers. There's some interesting names, but there's some some weird ones on that list. March 5th on Vice. And finally, news and notes, uh, wrestling free agency. I think this is talk of 2024. Another big name hitting the market. New Japan unveiling this week. Okada will be leaving imminently. Conflicting reports on whether he'll be headed to AEW or the WWE. So, But he's still under contract for a little bit here, right? Or is yeah. he done done? He's so, very close. Like, he said goodbye to Japan this week. I think they're coming over here for some shows. So I believe that was his last show in Japan this week. He was crying. Ibushi was crying. Like, there was a lot of tears. People were very upset this weekend. Yeah, mid-February he'll be uh, finishing up in New Japan. So no no surprise Royal Rumble appearance for him. No, but maybe a surprise at Revolution. Oh. If he were a Rumble, does that get a massive reaction? Yeah. I think yeah. so. Yeah. WWE fans? Yeah. So I I feel like WWE fans don't get enough credit for some of these things, especially yeah. at the bigger events. Like, I mean, AJ Styles got a really good ovation. And right. I know AJ AJ was a TNA guy, but before he came over, he was in New Japan, right? Like, yeah, but that was and, a lot easier to watch on American TV. I think there's something to that. No, what, I, no, no, no. Gabe has the timeline right, though. Really? He was, they were not Spike yet. Like, no, I mean it was TNA, but then he was in New Japan for a, a year plus, though. Okay. With the, yeah. All right. No, I mean, no, that's the litmus test right there. Gabe has, yeah, it. because AJ Styles coming. Even AJ Styles said, "I don't know if people, these people know right. who I am." And it, this big roar, like, oh, my God, the phenomenal one's here. And it's like, oh, and the, the WWE fans said, oh, I know that guy. That guy can work. Well, yeah, because, like, no, nobody knew because, obviously, I mean, we know the music now. But at the time, nobody <laughs> knew the music. Right. Until it's, it's just, you know, slowly, I am. Everyone's like, huh? Everybody had the Roman Reigns face that we saw instead of AJ Styles. Right, they yeah. Got the moment that was wrong. good. Um, and then when it said phenomenal. People went crazy and he got the pop because once you saw the word phenomenal, you knew who he was. And I, so, I mean, Okada's been around so long. Like, I think I think people would know, and I think people would give him the appropriate reaction. Well, some of the reports are if he goes the WWE route, he would start in NXT. Yeah, that's not happening. Oh, 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 oh. That's, I promise you that won't happen. You mean you're not watching Okada on the CW this year? <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you cannot disrespect Okada by putting him in a match against Broadbreaker. That's what I'm telling you. <laughs> Baron Corbin's there, a respected veteran. <laughs> Sliding through the ropes, there's Baron Corbin. Uh, this will be a topic later on, bro. It's but I talked about this Sunday on Busted Open. Okada leaving New New Japan. And the opponents that we'd want to see. We got to talk about this at some point. I wrote down from oh, yeah. last week, WWE, like Roman Gunther, Randy Orton. Randy Orton against Okada. Oh, shit. Um, Sami Zayn, AJ Styles, Seth Rollins, AW, Samoa Joe, Takeshita, Adam Page, MJF, Copeland, TNA, you know, Nick Nemeth, Josh Alexander, Gresham, Jake something. 
I mean, there, there's some matchups there, but I settled in on the matchup. I want to see if he goes WWE. Could you imagine Okada, Randy Orton, or Okada Gunther? That'd be amazing. Amazing. Okada Gunther is, oh boy. Well, <laughs> yeah. I need a media opponent. Like the rumored opponent, I don't think is available anymore. Yes, I don't think that Brock Lesnar will, uh, yeah. will be available at that time. Oh. Uh, but that's okay, though. Another match would be Nakamura against Okada. Holy mackerel. Yeah. That, <laughs> oh, Jay Hood, you get me excited. I mean, that's, that will turn the clock back for Nakamura. All of a sudden, he, he wouldn't be Cody. Cody. <laughs> it won't be none of that nonsense. None of that nonsense. Oh, no. Can we put in the WWE request now that if they get Okada, he does not need mist? I know they're going to be tempted, but it's Sorry. not necessary. Sorry, he's Japanese. He oh, automatically gets the mist. Man, thank, thank you, Vince. <laughs> that's, that's just, I, look, I don't write the rules, man. Yeah. Like I just, I'm trying to I get ahead of it. Hey, guys, <laughs> doesn't have to do it. You can do it. Listen, here's here's the thing: black folks don't need a dance. Samoans don't need fish, and also uh, Japanese wrestlers don't need mist. You don't yes. need. You don't need it. Simple list. <laughs> very simple list. Very, very short too. <laughs> very short list. Under Triple H, you don't need the mist. You have women. You have female and male wrestlers. They're Japanese with the mist. Yep. Oh, because Oscar does that too. Right. right? Uh huh. Okay. What did you guys have this week? Matches of the week. I mean, maybe mist over salt because salt used to be a thing with Mister Fuji all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that's their evolution. Yeah, that's right. We have graduated least, from the Fuji salt. <laughs> at least, at least they're giving different colors of mists. Yeah, you know, yeah. like it used to be the green mist, but you know, it was kind of a bluer mist when Oscar did it. It was a red mist with uh, you know Shinsuke this last time around. So at least they're getting different colors. You know, different food coloring in the mist. Great Muda's mist uh, birthed the baby in Japan. Check her out now. It's right there, available on YouTube. Yeah. Check it out. Huh. That happened. Uh, okay. <laughs> Mickey Short. Um smack that. We're gonna be taking off the air soon, folks. So this is our yeah, last yeah. <laughs> The Bill Boss Man. So you guys are talking about Nest. Um <laughs> SmackDown, Randy Orton against Solo Sokoa. Uh I thought that the Strange enough, I thought that the Jeff Hardy Strickland match was pretty good on Dynamite, and it might be like, the best singles match I see from Jeff Hardy in forever. Well, so again, obviously you didn't watch Rampage. Um, Jeff Hardy secretly had a good week because he, he had a match. Well, yeah, because he had a match with um, Darby. Um, Darby on Rampage that was pretty good. Uh, I was out of town. Um, <laughs> Traveling to Valparaiso. I did not. Uh, I know. Like, look, hey, it's rampage. That's okay. I, I thought about texting you guys as I was watching it back. I'm like, is Jeff Hardy putting on a good match right now? Is this really happening? So, like, oh. Hardy kind of had a pretty good week. So, you Matt's just... the problem, is what you're saying? Well, always. <laughs> <laughs> V1 uh, is always a problem. There's no question about that. And by the way, don't be afraid to do, don't be embarrassed to send us that. <laughs> well, no, I wasn't embarrassed. <laughs> I wasn't embarrassed. I just don't want I wanted to see if anybody else was going to come across it the way I did. It's like, Rampage. I, I, no. Right. Am I the only one watching Rampage? 
Yeah. I watch Rampage when I go to Dynamite, and I'm like, I don't want to leave yet. I'll wait out traffic by watching Rampage. That's when I watch Rampage. <laughs> no, just send us a tip, though, because I, I totally yeah. missed that. I did not see that. Um, yeah, Darby Darby Jeff was – I mean, it was it was a brutal – I mean, Darby was involved, so they did some crazy-ass stuff, but it wasn't bad. Uh, I've taken too, uh, too much time. Uh, last Thursday's um, TNA was uh, Will Ospreay against Josh Alexander. Uh, and, and oh god <laughs> and great match it was the last 30 minutes of the show because i heard they were wrestling i said let me check this out it's what you thought osprey did the honors because osprey's leaving but osprey says i love tna i'm a tna kid well you talk about a stamp of approval he's not even going to be with the company right he's on his way to AEW. he goes i'm a tna kid and he did the honors for josh alexander it was a hell of a match on thursday they, it's all tna is good but no one knows about it it's on their YouTube page. Uh, if you wonder what, yeah, so that match is there. I didn't get to it, but I have it there. But yes, Will Ospreay has good match. Not surprising. Yeah. Well, and again, I, they need to find a way to make their product more accessible because mm-hmm. not everybody has access. Yep. Uh, for me, I had Saturday Night Collision, Buddy Matthews and Daniel Garcia. Everything yep. House of Black touches is so damn good. Oh, but, I cannot. I'd like. Just, just write it down right now. Whatever the elimination cage trios match they're having on Collision Saturday night, obviously won't be watching live with the Rumble. But like, I mean, it's going to be on my list next week. Guaranteed. Yeah, heck of a job of them rolling that out there against the Rumble. Uh, I also had Penta versus Hangman from last night. I'm ready for a Penta singles run. I, I think that could be fun. And then I know Gabe's sort of against it, but I wrote the Cody and Punk promo. I put that under matches of the week because I enjoyed that, but it wasn't good enough for Gabe. You hated Raw. That's what it is. If you put yeah, that, that too. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? I, I wanted to I, like the main event. Oh, so the main event was good, but the the tag match with um that that went on after the the Rollins promo was pretty good. I liked New Day and uh, Imperium. Uh, yeah, that was a pretty good match. If you're that picking something official, from Raw, that was an official match, right? I mean, that was it wasn't yeah. official. Yeah, because let me tell you something. They're getting so much out of those four. That's all mm-hmm. Triple H there because is this not the best new day full focused locked in that we've seen it's it's fantastic what they're doing with them week after week we're seeing a serious new day going at it it's pretty good well and they they got a pretty good promo they had a good promo after um after the match as well you know as they're they're cutting the promo as they're icing themselves and it was good promo after as well big e saturday night in the rumble did we see that I want it. I don't think we get it. I, I think he, because he gave that interview to TMZ yeah. not that long ago where he said he doesn't have a timeline and he's, I'm, I'm glad that he's, same line we, every time we talk about Biggie, I'm glad he's healthy enough to live his life. I hope he comes back to wrestling. I'm not expecting him to come back to wrestling. That's fair. Uh, yep. So, yeah, I'm glad you brought up that tag team match. That was pretty, it's pretty impressive. And, and yeah. by the way, it wasn't for the finish. Ivar and Chad Gable wasn't for yes. the finish because they mm-hmm. interfered. It was fine and up to that point. I'm like, she yelled at, at Chad Gable. It threw him off, and Ivar wins. Like, that's your, that's the way you end the match, huh? Okay. Yeah. Chad but again, not should, strong. Yeah, I was about to say, Chad Gable putting on a good match. Yeah. Again, that should be, again, <laughs> add that to the list of shocking things that happens. Because, yeah, I was with you. I just, th- yeah, they had too much interference on Raw this week in, in order for me to have multiple matches from from that. All right. 
that will wrap things up. Again, if you're listening to this, you can always check out. We have the video. We're doing it live. Comment, subscribe. Check out our YouTube page, youtube.com slash at Good Karma Wrestling. Uh, it's where we had our special edition show earlier this week. Um, and despite still doing a special edition show earlier this week, kind of a supersized episode. That's just kind of the week that happened throughout the course of professional wrestling, specifically today. We're going to have fun with the Royal Rumble this weekend, and we're going to have a fun next week talking about it right here on GKW.